Hi, I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. Our guest today is Tony Armour, the new film commissioner and director of Creative Industries for Dallas, Texas. Previously, he was the film commissioner for St. Petersburg Clearwater. He's also the co-founder of Film USA and an award-winning filmmaker. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Susanna, owner of Gibb Insurance Services. Yes, I am the same person. For over 25 years, we have served our clients all over the great state of Texas. As an independent insurance agency, we are rooted in the community we serve, and we're there for the good times and the bad. We hear so many inspiring stories worth sharing. The Gibb Agency is proud to support and promote the talented people that live and work in our community in Dallas and all of Texas, the star that shines brightest. And now, on with the show. Tony Armour. Thank you for being on the show with me today. I'm excited to ask you questions about your new role here as the Dallas Film Commissioner. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. But that's not actually your title, is it? Yeah, it's like a long title, like uh, Dallas Film Commissioner and Director of Creative Industries. So Film Commissioner is easy. Like, I, I prefer that anyways. I'm not sure. So since I got here, I'm kind of like building the department over from scratch, like taking it all the way down to the ground and then starting starting over again with it. And so the creative industries aspect of it, I don't know what that is. So, you know, trying to figure that out because so much, you know, creative industry wise, if you talk about, you know, film and digital media and commercial and television, that's all, it's really all the same thing now. So, so we're, we're working on that. So we'll stick with film commissioner and working on everything else. You know, that's actually a really, a really great point. Because I know that we have a fairly robust video game development and production industry yeah. here. And so just a film commissioner, that really doesn't, it doesn't do it. Yeah, and the video, the vid, yeah, the video game industry aspect is interesting because that is, um, from what I'm learning, big in Dallas. And I, I haven't been able to, because I've only been here two and a half months, haven't been able to meet anyone in our, you know, sort of that side of it yet. And even when I do, then trying to figure out, like, well, what can we do to actually help with that because so much of that video game industry is like they really don't need our help <laughs> you know as far as as far as like a, a film commission or a you know semi government office would would go because it's it's not like film or television where i need these locations and i have to find this crew and i need to interact with the city to get permits and stuff like that it, you're just doing it all on a computer right and it's and it's really a matter of motion capture studios maybe and some other additional things like that and really having the talent to be able to, you know, do video game design and the production work. So, uh, so again, trying to figure out, like, well, what does that mean and how, how would this office actually be of a benefit to that part of the industry? So you mentioned you're rebuilding this department. Your predecessor held this role for 20 years. Yeah. Have you talked to Janice at all? No, no, I don't. I, I think I, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe I was on one Zoom call with Janice, and it wasn't just her and I. It was, you know, there were like 30 people on the call for Film USA, which is the National Association of Film Commissions in the U.S. And so that's really been my only interaction with her. And then Meg, who was in the office as well, she, her last day was my first day. I came in completely blind to Dallas as far as the industry goes, other than leadership at Visit Dallas saying that they just really wanted some new, fresh, different ideas and to try and take off and, and do what we could here, basically. It seems like you'd have a lot of freedom in the fact that there's nobody saying, well, this is how we do it. And the downside is that there's nobody saying, oh, hey, you might try it this way. This worked for us in the past. Yeah. 
or is it just a blank slate that you get to no, create? No, and, that, and that's what I like, and that's part of the reason I took the job is because there wasn't going to be anybody saying, "Well, this is how we've always done it." I just want to come in and do brand new, and maybe some of the things are not brand new and different. Maybe they are continuing some of the some of the old things, but just you know, kind of put my you know imprint on on everything. And I was pretty successful for the last nine years in Florida with what I've done. So taking a lot of things that I know are proven to be successful and have generated a lot of business and a lot of press and a lot of media and everything and you know replicating those same things here on a bigger scale in Dallas. Everything's bigger in Dallas, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the whole point? Yes, um, yes, very true. You've only been here two months and you already know. <laughs> That's right. Visit Dallas. If you can explain this to me, because I really thought that the film commissioner was a city employee, but that's not the case. Right. So at one point in time, from my understanding, the film commission was a part of city government. And then they split that off and put it under Visit Dallas. And so where I came from in Florida, I was a part of Visit St. Pete Clearwater, which is the tourism office there. And so all around the country, you know, some... Film offices are part of government, some are part of tourism office, some are part of chambers of commerce, some are nonprofit organizations. Like, there's no uniformity in how they're run or managed. And so, it's, um, you know, every situation is unique. Here, Visit Dallas is a 501c6 nonprofit uh, trade organization which is funded through hotel tourism taxes, basically in and around uh, or in Dallas or from Dallas. And so while funding sources can be the same in different areas, then the structures are all different. So even though you're going from one to another, they can be completely different at the same time. So Visit Dallas is a nonprofit. Does the city have anything to do with its funding or are you all privately funded or grants? Well, it is funded through uh, hotel occupancy tax. So anybody who stays in a hotel in Dallas uh, contributes to, the, I don't know the percentages, I'm still learning, I think around 6% sales, uh, you know, occupancy tax, and then that goes to Visit Dallas. A portion of it goes to Visit Dallas, a portion of it goes to the arts, it gets split up in a few different ways. And then there's a, uh, a downtown improvement district fee that uh, hotels charge as well, and then that goes to Visit Dallas and that head. And each one has their own things that they can and can't be spent on. And so, like I said, I'm not the expert on it uh, right now, but that's you know sort of a brief summary. And so it, it can get a little complicated because there's a board of directors for Visit Dallas, and this board of directors helps determine you know the path for Visit Dallas. And then still the city is very important because the city is a, a big partner, and the, and the Visit Dallas has a contract with the city to get funded through those hotel taxes basically so there so it so it's very much you know married to the city in in that way even though it's not a part of the city why should anyone outside of the arts and film business care about the film commissioner the film commission the creative arts industries like what what does it do for sure and i think that's a that's a question that i get a lot you know one of the questions I always get is, you know, when I say my job, no one has any idea what that actually means and what the job actually does. And, you know, then the other part is like your question is like, why is this important to me who, I don't know, maybe you just, you know, work in marketing at some local insurance office or something, right? Why, why is that important? Well, over, overall, it just is a huge economic impact on the area, basically. You know, as we start to put together some reports, I'm, I'm starting to gather more data, you know, it, it hires local people. So, you know, if you're hiring 
200 people a month and you know generating you know 10 million dollars a month in revenue well that money gets spent in the area they're going to grocery stores they're going out to dinner they're paying their mortgages uh, you know they're paying for the insurance so that money it's just like anything else you know economic development wise is being dumped into the community and is supporting the community as a whole the other aspect of it is sort of from a, a marketing standpoint of you know promoting Dallas as a as a really cool destination for tourists to come visit. You know, obviously the sports industry is huge here. I think Dallas was just named, you know, like number one sports city in the country by some industry publication. And, you know, all of the major professional sports that are in Dallas, you know, that is a part of supporting the industry. And so the sports commission is a part of Visit Dallas as well. So it's not just, you know, film, it's it's sports and it's film and it's meetings and conventions. There's a massive convention center, you know, downtown, and now they're doing an entire redevelopment of that convention center. And, you know, bringing those conventions in brings lots of money. And so it's the the same exact thing. So, you know, bringing film, television, creative arts to an area is the same thing as bringing conventions to the area, as bringing sporting events to the area. They all, you know, impact the greater uh, the greater Dallas area and the, you know, sort of the economic engine that keeps, uh, keeps Dallas running. I actually heard somebody from the sports commission. I don't know if it was the head, but she was talking about, she was like, you think about, you know, everybody wants the big sports games, but some of the cheerleading oh, yeah. competitions for the little girl, yeah. girl cheer have this much economic yeah. impact on the city. And it's a tremendous amount. It's a tremendous amount. Do you connect much with film commissioners from other cities? Is that, do you guys have a club and you can call each yeah, other? Yeah, What's your abs- best idea? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a, there's a Texas state organization of film commissions so that, you know, everybody can kind of share notes and compare and best practices. Um, then there's a national organization called Film USA. And then there's an international organization, uh, AFCI. And so... All of those are actually really beneficial to find out, you know, you want to know what's happening in New Orleans or Montana or Baton Rouge, uh, as well as what's happening in Austria, because this is a global industry. And the United States has actually lost and is losing billions of dollars a year in this industry to other countries. The amount of production work that goes to Canada um, or that goes to the UK or other parts of Europe from American-based companies is is huge. And so there's literally billions of dollars a year that could be spent in the US that's going elsewhere. And so, you know, sort of identifying what's happening in all those other areas and working with those other film commissioners is a big part of trying to, you know, bring business back home, essentially. How do you propose making Dallas a big destination hub for productions without the support of the state legislature? <laughs> well, I, I actually, they, I, they go hand in hand. I don't think it can be done without that support of the state. And so, you know, right now there are a couple of, um, well, there's one bill that's uh, that's going through the uh, legislature to increase or get, it's an, it would be an on top of, on, to, on top of the already existing program film incentive. So there's a, there's a program that's already in existence and there's no new new bill needed for that program, but the legislature needs to do an appropriation to say how much money they're going to put in it. So last last time, because Texas, their legislative session is once every two years, they put $45 million into it. And within the first few months, that $45 million was allocated and gone. So it wasn't spent in the first few months, but it, you know, it got spread out over the, over the next couple of years. And so uh, you know, here in Dallas, they had Queen of the South that shot two seasons. Um, you had Cruel Summer that shot a couple seasons. 
you had the Dallas TV series reboot, you know, that did a few seasons here. So you had these big TV series that were shooting here. And then once that money dries up, those productions go away. You know, they're going to New Mexico. You know, famously, everybody wants to talk about Hell or High Water, which is a Texas-based film was shot in New Mexico. I think the, the Walker Texas Ranger show that's on the CW right now, I think that also shoots in New Mexico. It's literally called Walker Texas Ranger. It doesn't even shoot in Texas. You know, the, the ASK this year, the TXMPA, which is a nonprofit organization for the state for the motion picture and you know, creative industries is trying to get 200 million appropriated into that. And so if that happens, then there will be a huge swing in production that's going to come back and, and just a, a, a lot of TV series, films, and everything that will want to shoot here. So on top of that, there's a bill going through that would be additional monies for anything that is 15 million or over. And so that means big projects, generally TV series or, you know, major feature films. And so you, you need those things in place in order to get those big shows. Can you explain how the appropriations work? Because it's not like they're just handing out the money, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not super well-versed in how the Texas legislature works, but essentially, as the session is happening and they're going through the budget process, you know, they're deciding what is going to be spent in the Texas budget for the next two years, right? And from everything I see, there's a surplus in the Texas budget right now. They have a lot of extra money. And so where do you put that money and what do you do with it? And obviously, you know, you can go into infrastructure and, you know, anything that the state spends. And so asking for $200 million of that budget to be put into this program that already exists, basically. See, I, I, I don't know what the Texas one is. I know what it was like when we went to shoot in Oklahoma because Oklahoma had more tax incentives, and so we yeah. went north. We went out of the state, and it was hard because we didn't know the, the, the terrain. We didn't have the same crew that we'd always worked with. It was, there was both good and bad to it, but we had to spend it first, and then yeah. we got it back, and so I think that's the hard thing for a lot of people to understand. They're like, well, we're just giving this money away, and it's like, no, no, it's not being given away. They have to spend money and get the tax break back. Yeah, yeah, no, you literally have to spend. So, you know, if you're shooting a $10 million project and you want $2 million back, you have to spend $10 million first. And then there's an audit to prove that you spent $10 million. And you have to hire 60%, you know, Texas crew to be in the film. So there are all these stipulations that have to go into it before you can get any of that money back. It's not just giving money away, it's making sure money is spent first and then you get, you know, 20% back or whatever the percentage is depending on the budget of your project. And so I think that's, you're right, that's a big thing people don't understand is the money has to get spent here first and then you get a little bit of money back essentially. So one of the one of the other things that's a goal of mine that I'm working on is, you know, the way that the program is set up right now, it really doesn't incentivize independent projects. You know, it's really 20% for anything that's over three and a half million, 10% anything between one and three and a half, and then like 5% anything below $1 million. 10% isn't enough to really make anyone want to shoot anything here. 5% is definitely not enough to make anybody want to shoot anything here. And so some of these small independent projects are important because you have to build your local community as well. You know, you're not going to be able to have the crew to be able to support three or four TV series shooting at the same time if they don't get trained somewhere and they get trained on small independent projects. There's a huge and really great commercial industry in Dallas. And so that's how everybody makes a living are doing, you know, all the commercial work. And so people working on those projects a lot of times are not going to stop working on, you know, a big Toyota commercial to go work on some $500,000 independent feature film where they're going to get paid less than half that they would get paid on a, on a commercial. And so 
how do you bring up that young industry and that young crew is you have to have those small independent films to to do that and in order to do that you know it's either local people making them or you have to have some sort of local incentive program so I'm working on trying to put together a local incentive program where it can incentivize these smaller projects as well as the bigger projects but really you know build your base of crew and people in the industry locally how do you handle productions that come in and they're saying well we're looking at Dallas and then we're also looking at Austin which is currently Texas's darling everybody yeah. seems to want to go to Austin everybody loves it's got Austin. such street cred right now but what do you say to them about why they should come to Dallas versus Austin well I mean it really depends on the individual project what is it that the project needs why would they choose Austin over Dallas and so some of it is crew you know if they don't think there's enough crew in the area um, some of it is soundstage space you know there's not enough soundstage space really anywhere but Dallas doesn't have enough soundstage space and so that's another another project that I'm working on multiple projects of you know developing and building out more soundstage space in Dallas and I know people are talking about there's this 70 million dollar soundstage that could go into Mansfield another one that could go into McKinney but those aren't Dallas right those are the suburbs outside of Dallas, my job is to get it into Dallas. And so working on some stuff for Dallas proper. And so, you know, really the way I answer that question to anybody is, well, what do you need? What are you looking for? Do you have much interaction? You, you mentioned the Texas TXMPA. Do you have much interaction with politicians? Is that part of your job scope or no? Historically, I have not. You know, one, I don't really like doing that. I don't like being involved in, in politics. I, local politicians I had good relationships with, but on a state level, there were other people who were more well-versed in that who I think were better at doing it than me. And so let them, let the experts do it kind of thing. And since I'm brand new to Dallas, there is the TXMPA and then there's, you know, the Texas um, Film Commission Association as well. They already know all the politicians. I'm sure I will meet them and I will learn the process and how it works. But, you know, my primary goal isn't to get overly involved in politics whatsoever. You know, my goal is to focus on marketing, promoting Dallas, and then making it as friendly and great a place as possible for productions when they do come here, let other people handle the political side of stuff. What do you see as the biggest challenge in, in your new role in the next year or so? Um, you know, right now, I think soundstage space, lack of soundstage space. Um, I have a couple of meetings with some large studios over the next week or so. And I know, you know, one of the first questions they're going to ask, because everyone in the industry, L.A. and everywhere else, sees the positive direction that the incentives are going right now. And if that happens, they're going to come to Texas. And, but they ask, what are the incentives? What are your sound stages? What are the crew in that order? That's what they want to know. So some of these other proposed sound stages, they're not going to be built for three, four years. That doesn't do any good right now, you know, if a big studio wants to come and shoot something at the end of this year. So what do we have that's existing or what do we have that can be converted into something that is workable immediately? And so that's, you know, some of the big things that I'm working on. Isn't the danger in some of the sound stages that you build these giant things and then the productions leave and then they sit empty. Is that a hard, hard, like hard ask for people? Hey, I want you to invest in this, but it could be empty for long periods of time. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it really does depend. And that's why in a lot of cases, you know, you want to make a multi-use, you know, what else can you do in this facility? Okay. You've got this big empty open space. What else can you put in a big empty open space? You know, whether it's, you know, any sort of extra convention kind of stuff. 
Um, again, fortunately, the commercial industry is still really strong here. So while you may not have a TV series in one of these sound stages, you know, the commercial industry is still always, always needing stuff. And that's a way to continue to market to that. And, you know, people see that, oh, this is what you've got. We can do that. LED volumes as well. You know, the, the large LED volumes, there's one at uh, Camp Lucky here in Dallas. I think it's a 50-foot wall, so it's a pretty good size. Um, but what can we do to get bigger? You know, get a 100-foot wall, to get 80-foot wall. I think the biggest one in Texas right now is in Austin, and it's 80 feet. So I'm working on trying to get a 100-foot one in Dallas. You know, why not have the biggest biggest? What's a hundred foot wall for somebody who may not know what? what so an LED, LED wall. So everyone knows green screen. Like if you're shooting on green screen, you know, they shoot the Marvel movies and whatever else, you know, and you've got the big green walls behind you. Um, well, the LED technology like they use on the Mandalorian or a lot of other shows is basically a giant LED wall that you're going to film in front of instead of filming in front of a green screen. And that is a huge Oh, and that creates the giant, so the actors aren't looking at green, they're suddenly looking right. at what the audience is going exactly. to see Exactly, so as well. you want to be on a cliff somewhere in Hawaii, okay, cliffs in Hawaii in the background right now, let's interact directly with that instead of just seeing a green wall. And, it, and, it, and it's great from a, a lot of uh, aspects. One, you're recording it directly in camera so you know exactly what you've got. You don't have to mess with it in post-production later on. The actors get to interact with it directly. It actually provides light. It's actually lighting the scene as well because these are LEDs that are pr putting the light and it's the light of whatever you're doing. And so it simplifies that process of, you know, if you did it in post, a lot of times you have to remove not only um, the green, but there's green light that spills onto the actors and things like that that you have to try and like paint out later. And so it simplifies that process, makes more work in pre-production for less work in post-production. And this is where video game design also comes in as well because Unreal Engine video game technology is used on these walls so that when the camera moves, it is actually motion tracking with the background and the background moves at the same time. And so using that, you can create, you know, alien worlds and cities and oh I want there's a rock right here I'd like to move this rock right here literally guy with the computers moves a rock in the background and you can do anything you want so super versatile driving sequences it's great because you can put a car in front of this wall and do all of your driving sequences without having to actually go drive around the city somewhere and you don't have to block roads and close streets and if you want a night scene you can just film it at 12 in the afternoon because you know you just make it night on the LED wall and so really versatile for production really enables productions to do a lot more and there's a lot that's moving in that direction and I think they just built the largest LED wall in the world in Australia at a studio in Australia that's over 40 feet high and like 200 some feet like giant curved wall like this massive massive thing so everything is being shot on these from you know car commercials to um, you know, indie feature films, uh, you name it. So you have a background in production, yes. yep. right? It's one of the reasons I connect and work so well with other filmmakers and production companies because I've been there. A lot of film commissioners, You've yeah, a lot there. of film commissioners are just, they kind of get into the job because they're in a government office and the government office says, we need someone for this job, so here you go. Um, but they don't necessarily understand production from the level of, you know, being embedded in it and trying to get projects made and, and created. What does Tony Armour Film Commission want to do in the next two years? And then what are, else are you working on as a passion project? Sure. So, you know, as a, as a film commission, um, I think one of the things that we want to do is, you know, uh, build the crew base, you know, try and build the, the local industry. And so that's a part of doing a lot of these free workshops that we're putting on 
trying to work with other local organizations on workforce development to make sure we have uh, you know, a fully properly trained crew here that can just jump into projects. Um, building out that soundstage space and making sure we have that. And I think maybe one of the biggest things is making Dallas a name that people recognize in this industry. And so, you know, I was in Berlin at uh, European Film Market Berlin Film Festival and held a reception there. And, you know, people were like, we are so glad that you're doing this. I met, I met a producer who lives in Dallas, works in Dallas, never shoots anything in Dallas, and I had to go to Berlin to meet them. Um, so you have to go where the industry goes and be where the industry is. You know, one of the things that she said to me is Dallas has always been content to try and be a big fish in a little pond. Um, when what we need to be is a big fish in the big pond, you know, and really have an impact. So, but, and before I took the job, I reached out to some people in LA that are high level positions and said, what do you think of Dallas? And they said, nothing. We don't, we don't think of Dallas because we don't ever hear about Dallas. And I was like, that is so strange. It's Dallas, right? Why doesn't anybody hear about Dallas? And so we're going to have a major presence at the Cannes Film Festival this year. We're going to be at the Toronto Film Festival. We're going to be at the American Film Market. We're going to be, you know, we were just at South by Southwest. Really trying to put Dallas on the map in this world where people will see Dallas as a, a really viable place to come and make productions. So that, I guess that's part one of your question. Part two, one of the things that I'm working on right now are, um, I have, you know, uh, several projects that I've written or wanted to put together as features over the years, including one that I was going to be directing uh, at the end of 2022 until this job opportunity came along and so I you know put that on the shelf and so I'm actually turning those into graphic novels right now and so doing a series of, uh, of graphic novels and I have the first one underway with my artist and team working on working on that and we've got about you know seven eight ten pages done right now um, and with a portion of all of the proceeds from any of the graphic novels that I create going to suicide prevention. I have a close friend of mine that um, committed suicide a few years ago, and so that's an inspiration of mine to, um, and I'll get all choked up talking about it, to um, you know, be able to give back in a certain way while still being creative at the same time. I love that. I, I'm getting choked up as well. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to mention or... Um, you know, we covered a lot, so, but Plug yeah, host. I guess if anybody in the, you know, in the area is, uh, uh, you know, wants to engage with a lot of the free workshops that we're doing, we've got, um, you know, free workshops coming up on April 11th, another one April 18th. We're going to then take the month of May off, start scheduling more in June. So you can go to the dallascreates.org website to find that schedule of project, uh, schedule of uh, workshops and sign up for free. And what kind of workshops? So the, I know you the, said they're free. But yeah, the April 11th one will be, uh, so you've made a short film, now how do you get it into film festivals? And we'll have uh, a panel of experts from Dallas International Film Festival, Oak Cliff, um, you know, and, and uh, some other people on, on that panel that we'll talk about. The April 18th one is about music and film, you know, getting music in your film, TV series, short film, whatever it might be. And then we're gonna, you know, we're still sorting out what the what the next workshops are gonna be, but we'll do a, a poll to the community and be like, what do you want? What do you, what do you want us to do? You know, what would you like to, to learn about? And then putting together those, uh, those experts to kind of teach those. So beyond that, you know, um, distribution and monetization of your project. That's probably that's a big one. one that's tough, man. Yeah. And that, DVDs, you can't sell them on DVDs anymore. You got to do something different. Exactly. And so, and then we'll also put all of these workshops on our YouTube channel that we just launched. The, the film commission really before didn't have, you know, anything on YouTube really promoting what they do or the organization or the area. And so we're going to start building up that YouTube channel. Uh, we're launching a podcast. 
And so, you know, we're going to get about 10 episodes in the can and then we'll drop those all at once. And then, you know, every other week or so release, you know, a new, a new episode. So a variety of things. So just, you know, follow us on all the random social medias and keep an eye on the website, the email newsletter, you know, sign up for that just so that you can uh, stay up to date on all of the, the cool, fun things that we're going to be doing and engaging in the community with. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here with me and talking about everything you got going. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with us, go to GibAgencyDallas.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, and we look forward to being with you again soon.